0: And we're here on the k Podcast. Ken Brown from WGI Radio. Michael here at DetroitLions.com as we talk Lions football. Hello, Michael. Herrera. Hello, Ken Brown. It's football season. It again. is football season. The <laughs> weather really changed in the last week since the draft, too. because It was gloomy and dark, and it's been beautiful the last few times. And it was beautiful this weekend for the Lions rookie minicap to get out on that field. The grass was green, the pads were popping, they really weren't popping, but the pads were supposedly popping, and there was football. Mike, um, before we get to that, though, any initial thoughts on football being back?
1: Well, I think it's, you know, the National Football League does a better job of promoting itself, you know, 365 days a year, 13 months a year, which is what it seems like, I mean, the National Football League just ought to go ahead and declare it a, a 13th month and call it it name it after itself, because they're everywhere. They're in your life. They're in your, you know, in your thoughts and all that so much that they might as well just go ahead and have another month all to themselves.
0: Exactly. And I, like I said, we didn't have a podcast last week because there was nothing going on. Unlike others, we just don't ramble on about nothing. We talk when there's stuff to talk about. So we ramble
1: on when there's, when there's stuff to, to talk about. about. Exactly.
0: Yeah. But since the last uh, podcast, the schedule came out, which I'm going to tell you right now, the NFL's a little too extra. This schedule really, just put the damn thing out. You know, we don't need this drip-drab of games here so you can have a three-hour show on a draft night. Nobody cares. Just put the schedule out, and let's move on. I don't need to analyze every game after, go to win-win, loss-loss. You can look and see some trends with home and away. But besides that, Mike, did you get into this schedule tit-for-tat that they're all into now?
1: No, I, I really don't. But but I, having said all that, you know I, you know that like in those three hour blocks that like the NFL Network is on and ESPN for however long they are on, and on radio people are still talking about the, the Lions not getting a, uh, getting a prime time game. I mean there are enough people out there that in that period of time who want to watch it that it makes it worthwhile for them and for their sponsors. But I'll tell you one thing: when I see like veteran football people like Steve Mariucci and others. Talking about, talking about games that are going to be played in December, when their entire life they've talked about. We just take it one game at a time. Here we are in me, and they're talking about games that are going to be played in December. I wonder if, like Miro Uji, sometimes thinks to himself. What am I doing? <laughs> Come look, on, I don't really mean any of those.
0: He's trying to keep a job like everybody oh, else. And then now, you know, like I said, Mary, that, look, I don't even let me get into Steve Mitchell years here in Detroit. We'll talk. That's another another podcast no, just, for another. Time. Like, I'm just saying but, the whole thing. The guys, you I'm got I, I, okay, yeah, but I'm just saying. Look, the, the whole thing is just a mess. But okay, okay, fine. NFL's the king right now. They can do what they want to do. But with this Amazon deal coming, Mark Ken Brown's words down now you have reached a point of oversaturation. You're at the point now where it's football. Okay. Everybody wants it right now, but you keep adding stuff that now they got Thursday night, Amazon games and Tuesday night, this and that and running. You know, I'm telling you right now, overseas games and countries that don't even know what football is. You're reaching an oversaturation point. You need to just maintain what you have and grow slowly, but you can't tell these NFL guys that because they want to push and push and push. And I'm telling you, eventually people are gonna get tired of the product.
1: Well, I don't agree with you, but 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 we'll see. I mean, it hasn't happened yet, and it's been going on for a long time. And well, look, the, when but when the, the one thing on is, the start, bodies when the, when
0: the a- bodies can't take what they're trying to do now. You know they, they can. Yeah, they've added. No, they can't. They've added. They're, and they're it, at the, they are taking it. They're not, Mike. They're not. The game. Oh, okay, I'm not even going get – Look, this is a whole. No, we're gonna have, come back with a special podcast on why. The exploitation of why more games means less product on the field, less good product on the field. And we'll talk about that another time because I'm telling you right now, with the 17th game and the way injuries are and guys missing games, and neg- if they want to add the 18th game and guys can only play this many, the product is not improving. The product's not improving. Well, Let's move on. Okay? Yeah, okay. We'll talk about it another time. With, you,
1: have no st- you have no statistical You can look. I got two eyes. I don't saying. need
0: statistics. I can look and see. I can look and see when the guys are missing the big games or they're hurt because of this and guys getting hurt. And they're always getting hurt. But it's just that you're wearing them out now and then you've taken the rules out to take all the – all the hitting and all the extra stuff out the game. Hopefully, to get these guys to go 17 and 18 weeks. But it's taken away from the product of the game. You, can't, so, Taylor, you can't.
1: so Taylor Decker breaks his finger in, in, in one week before the start of the season. And that's got nothing to do with the 17 game schedule. You pick out nothing. one
0: injury out of the no, thousand. You, you pick? Injury. Yes, you did. You just no, did. You picked Taylor Decker. Why would you even bring his name up?
1: Frank Ragnall, starting center, Pro Bowl center, gets hurt in Week Four, doesn't play again. Mm-hmm. That's nothing to do with a seventeen-game schedule. Absolutely. So nothing. you
0: pick two out of the, the thousand injuries and go for that. I'm two talking more about than the,
1: you, two more than you picked up.
0: How, 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 let me ask you a question: How do you know if Ragnall's injury wasn't because you can't, you don't do any practice hitting in training camp anymore, you don't do anything? How do you know this foot injury didn't recur because he didn't get properly trained in camp because you don't have but so many practices where you can even go out and hit? I'm, 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 no, 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 no! These are, this is a question. Well, don't go answer with just, answer the question.
1: I'm, I'm giving you a fact. You're just speculating. I'm asking a question. I'm you not really speculating. No yes, you are. Look, you we don't look, We on. way
0: off the course. You see, you do this to me every time. We way off the course.
1: And you're, yeah. you know what? And you're so easy.
0: Come back to our <laughs> podcast when me and Mike break down what, what's wrong with football. That'll be another podcast for another day. But let's get to this schedule. Um, three exhibition games or preseason games they like to call. Um, and that's what they did last year. Yeah, we'll talk. Well, I'm going to say we're going to talk in a little while about Brad Holmes and um, Campbell's um, press conferences. But they're going to do some work with Indianapolis Colts. They're going to do joint practices with them this year during the preseason for that. I believe that's the second game, second preseason game. Correct. Yes. Week we okay. two. Schedule starts with uh, Philly, um, the Eagles. After uh, the first game on September 11th, nine uh, eleven. Which was the bombing they took last year from Philly? So the Darius Slay return not game, funny, Kenny. the Darius funny. Slay return game will be coming back. <laughs> and not but funny. I, like I said, I'm not going to go game for game with the schedule, but I think the schedule is a fair schedule. I don't think it's do too. too hard, and I don't think it's too easy. I think it's a fair schedule. You got two home games in a row, and they got to start playing better at home. We all can agree on that. They, they have not used this home field advantage the last. Well, the whole Patricia here, and before that, you know, Caldwell Even had a couple of years, that. but well, you got to get back. That's what I said. He area. had a couple years before that, but you got to get back to winning at home.
1: Um, First, I, that the other thing is is winning the division, and that's that's two areas what they haven't been able to do is is win at Ford Field, and then win in the NFC North. And you're not you're not going anywhere if you don't win at home, and if you don't beat your division opponents. That's just
0: right. The two go, it's go hand in so hand.
1: There's two, only so many games left.
0: Two go hand you, you in you hand. Blow
1: those. They're going to be a spectator.
0: Two go hand in hand, and the extra game, the seventeenth game, is the Jacksonville Jaguars and the AFC game, which is a home game, which means they have nine home games, which is a the every other year is a plus. This is a nine home game year, Right. and they play the Jaguars as that ninth game, which is a, a that should be a victory. So, I, I like I said, it's not a higher schedule. I, I wish they didn't go to Green Bay on January eighth because I'm telling you right now that's. I, you know how I feel about pushing the season back and then ending in Green Bay. They should never do that, but I see they're going to. So, it's well, a fair if, schedule.
1: If you're gonna if you're gonna hit, if you're gonna play the you know your your division opponents in the last game of the season, then it just stands to reason every third game or every third year or whatever it is, you're gonna have to be in Green Bay or you're gonna have to be in Chicago or you're gonna have to be in Minnesota. That's just the way it is. Why? Because it's the way it is. Not every third
0: year. You mean every six years?
1: Because no, three of them will be year. at
0: home, and then three of them will uh, be yeah, away. Right. So every yeah, six years, it. you got to go to Green Bay.
1: No, every th- every three years. Well, you go to Green. Listen, wait a minute. What I mean is, you go to Green Bay every year, but every third year, it'll be it'll be one of it'll be the last game of the season.
0: Yeah, but it might be at home against Green Bay every six years. Is you you're once every six, you're at that at at Green Bay. Anyway, you'll figure it out. You know math. I I, I see where I'm the problem here. But anyway, you'll you understand. When you when we get off this if podcast, you understand. Still listening to us, yeah, but you understand what I mean. It's every six it's years you will if you go on a rotation, you'll be at Green Bay for the last game.
1: You know what? I better bring out my Algonquin. Yeah, give it out. Yeah.
0: So anyway, that schedule's fine. Um don't, I like it, like I said, it's a fair schedule. I don't I'm, see
1: anything wrong with it. Start yeah. out with three of the first four at all. Yeah. And later, they've got three of the three out of four that are on the, you know, on, on the road. I don't see anything wrong. with I just
0: like to see because I break my seasons down into quarters like they used to, even though it's one more game added now. But I like to see the first four games. They at least split them two two, and it's possible, we got Seattle, Minnesota, the Washington Commanders, and Philly. If you can get a two two to start the season before the, before uh, the New England Patriots come in on October 9th, or well, you go to New well, England, that'll be a yeah, good. Go that'll be a good. Yeah. That'll be a good starting point for them. Anything other, see, anything extra from that is even better.
1: Yeah, I see some games there, you know, against you know, you know, you know, some of the big name teams that I don't think are as tough. I mean, I'm not saying they're necessarily winnable or automatically winnable, but I don't think they're as tough as as you might think. I think the Patriots are in that category. I don't see them just dusting anybody. I really don't. No,
0: it's all about. And I'll, it's, and
1: I'll give you another one, Kenny. Going to Dallas, the Lions have played Dallas pretty tough in the last decade or so. I mean, they've had their Maybe not their share of wins, but they've won some big games. They've beaten them. They have played tough against them. I don't see going into into Dallas as any any you know nightmare trip or anything like that. A team that you can't that that you simply just can't compete against. I, I think that's a, pretty close to a winnable game for the Detroit Lions. Yeah, but the I'm
0: it, now you're getting into what I'm saying. I'm I, I, I can't go win and loss. I'm just let, let's just say oh, they're yeah, all winnable. Yeah, yeah, yeah i I can't. I can't couple, do that. Yeah. You don't know who's going to be available at the time. But I knew well, one thing. I'm looking at the schedule. And we can all agree to this. This is a Jared Goff schedule. If he plays well, you have a chance in these games. If he doesn't, as you can tell by the lack of backup they got, which is my pet peeve again, for the lack of backups, you don't have a chance.
1: Oh, certainly, they, do, they, have not, they have not beefed up the backup quarterback position. Have
0: not even brought a person in to, like, and I'm not talking about this guy at the rookie uh, mini camp this week, the rookie guy. I'm talking about they have not brought a guy in to compete with those two this year. And I'm very disappointed in that. And hopefully b- before real training camps comes, they find still a lot of guys out there that are looking for jobs. Right. You can find a guy who's actually won games in the NFL to be your backup. One game. Let me let me repeat for the Lion fans out there. Get a quarterback who was actually won games. Like, Sean Hill was the perfect quarterback at the time when they got him. He had started in the league. He had won games. You had confidence if you had to put him in. He has won before. He can win for you. You got two guys in this uh, backup role right now that have not won an NFL game. Why? All right.
1: Detroit Lions, Kenny, just so you'll know, this pay, plays into what you're talking about and complaining about, have not had a backup quarterback win a game since the last game of the 2010 season.
0: That was Sean Hill, right?
1: It was either Sean Hill or uh, Drew
0: Stanton. I think it was Sean Hill. Drew Stanton. I think it was, Hill. Think it was Sean. Sean Hill. Sean I Hill. think
1: they, they, they won the last four games. And I think they split it up two-two, something like
0: that. Right, that's embarrassing. It's embarrassing. Well, and, and really, you had a game. Was that last year? The year before? I think it was the year before, where uh, that Washington game in Washington was a winnable game. I think the Cincinnati game in Washington. Yeah, yeah those were games Washington, that, and you, your quarterbacking was so terrible that you couldn't win. But let's get off the backup because, like I said, well, I, let me just mention one other thing,
1: though. In all due respect, though, you had a quarterback in, in Matthew Stafford who missed, what, eight games, and they were all in one season. So
0: yeah. and it's not like
1: he was missing games right. after the 2010 right. season. but
0: that's why you need a backup. And um, we'll get back to that later. But golf, let's get back to golf now. And uh, we'll move off the schedule and go to the Brad Holmes and Dan Campbell press conferences before the rookie minicamp. Um, I hear a lot of – I don't know if you heard the same thing, but I hear a lot of faith in golf from, the, from Holmes. And I wonder, is it misplaced in that? I'm, I'm going to let you talk about it because, you know, I'm not a big Jared Goff fan. Misplaced
1: but, in, what, in what regard? Well, man. I'm going I'm to
0: say it like this. I'm not a big Jared Goff fan, but I mm-hmm. will acknowledge he's the second best quarterback we've had here since probably Greg Landry.
1: Yeah, I, I, I could not really disagree with that. I think there were, some guys had moments, you know, Andre uh, Rodney Pete, Pete had his moment. Eric
0: Kramer had a, mo- a had moment.
1: Moments, yeah. Uh, more than a moment, but not, nothing for the long term. Nah. Gary Danielson, you know, better broadcaster than quarterback. Um, he's the best
0: quarterback they had there in a while. And he was a former he, number one pick, so it's not like he's coming off the nine talent tree. It'll evidently no, somebody true. saw he, some of them to, for him to be the number one overall pick.
1: Well, what I don't get, and I, honestly, I don't understand, I understand most things that fans say, even though I don't agree with him, but the best thing that can happen is for him to to, to lose and so he can move on. No, the best thing that can happen is for him to win. And take the question away. And take the question away. That's right. right. And you can always
0: have a young guy behind him, you know, that is, like I said, a guy who will push him and just keep him, you know, keep him, keep the heat on him if you want to do that. But the best thing for this franchise is for him to be a five-year starter from this point.
1: They looked like at Washington, you know, where they had that young guy Heineken or whatever his name right. is. Well, he's going to be. I don't know. When it's time for them to try to build that team to win, they go out and get another quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, the same same thing with the New Orleans Saints. Mm-hmm. They had that you know that uh, triple threat run pass.
0: Taysom Hill. Catch
1: guy. Okay, you know what? Now they're trying to win again this year without Drew. Uh, without Drew, uh, Drew. Drew Brees. Brees. Well, and got another quarterback.
0: Right, right, and they called back uh, Jameis Winston. Yeah,
1: yeah. Call right. back James call Winston. Back James James. Was, not right. a great contract, right. but you know, in terms of what quarterbacks right. made, but a good contract, and they're they're relying right. on him. Right, it's, but like I said, the, the, th- idea, the idea of just having a guy and waiting doesn't necessarily work.
0: But you do feel that Brad Holmes has more confidence in him than anybody who was listening or heard that, because to me, Brad Holmes, I think, and he didn't say it, but from what I saw during that press conference is I'm I don't he's the guy and I'm I'm looking at other things
1: I think I think there's a general feeling in the organization that 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 Jared Goff is an accurate quarterback and he is that's undeniable and whether he's a big play quarterback and all that that'll be proven here in Detroit over time one way or the other but he is accurate and I think the way that they've constructed that offense with a good strong offensive line with starters and backups who really have starting ability uh, maybe not for a full season. They can go in, you know, six, eight, ten, twelve games and play good football for you. That happened last year with uh, with the injuries they had. Yeah. I think that uh, I think they're in pretty good shape there because I think they can throw the ball. I think they can catch it, and I think they can run with it.
0: Yeah, um, we'll get to that later on about the way it looks going in a regular mini camp. But I agree with you that the offense to me looks like it's ready to go without injuries. Ready to go. It's ready yeah, to go. Ready to go. Defense is where your questions are because they were a, a horrid defense last year and question marks were added. There was no sure thing added. Even the number two pick, Hutchinson, is not a sure thing. He may be close to it as we think, but until he gets out there, it's not a sure thing. So the defense is the question mark. The offense, to me, is ready to go, keep them healthy.
1: Well, I think the offense is ready to go, too. I agree with that. I think special teams are, for whatever reason, the Detroit Lions – have been good over, over time in special teams, and they'll be good again, good again this year. They've always had you know, good kicker, good punter, good returns, and good coverage. You know, no. so I'm, I don't think see any reason that that's going to change. I mean, every once in a while, things are going to leak, but right. but I I think that. But the part of that to me is defensively. I think I think Hutchinson. Look, if he can be a nine to eleven sack, you know, pass rusher, then that's an upgrade. As long as somebody's there to pick up the slack, but you can't go through another season. When you get 30 sacks and, and, and you know, third you know third fewest in the league and expect to win games, it just doesn't work that way. Yeah, but see, I'm not
0: even going to base it on – we'll, I'll get to that in a minute because you, you got me off topic. But I'll, we'll give it to Hutchinson in a minute when we get to the rookies. But, um, okay, yeah, let's go back to, the, to finish the two press conferences and then we'll get to the rookies. But remind okay. me to come back to that point you made because you made a good point, but I want to add to it. Um, the one thing Campbell said during his press conference, and I agree, and this is, this is where good head coaches are made, and I swear, Mike, the more I hear him, he just sounds like a young Bill Parcells to me. I, I'm not talking about the way they manage a team or the way they actually implement it, but just some of the things he says. When he said he doesn't want any floaters on this team, and right. everybody who knows football knows the guy who's the floater. And you know exactly what he was talking about. Now he just happy to be
1: there and get paid. Yeah, just, right.
0: just I'm not gonna cause any problems. I'm gonna do. Floaters are the guys you usually see in the last game of the season when it's over with, and they're just going out there to get out without getting hurt for the day. And they're not gonna give you their effort. They're just gonna give you good enough that the coaches aren't yelling at them, but not enough that you can win with. And I, I love that expression from him, and I love him saying that. And that's. That's the type of leadership you need on this team. Somebody's looking out for that specifically.
1: You know, yeah, right. There are some, some certain endeavors here in this world, not only in the military and all that, but you have to be able to rely on the guy next to you. In other words, he's got to have your back. You have to have his back, and it's never a question. But what 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 uh, Campbell is referring to with floaters, you don't know. You might and you might not. You never know when he's going to have your back, what he's going to – Yeah, know, depending on how, or, how or he feels for the day. Or going to check out. You know, right. right, depends on how, how he feels out.
0: that day, exactly. So I like that from Campbell. Otherwise, I thought Campbell um, was pretty upbeat in his presser. I thought – he's always upbeat in a way, but I just thought that they are more confident in what they did this offseason than last, and they're more happy with the roster. Even though it's still a young roster, and everybody out there – They're not winning 15 games this year, okay? Let's get that out the way now. They're a very young team. But what I think you will see is exciting ball. They'll lose a couple they should have won, and they'll win a couple they should have lost. But they'll be exciting this year, and I don't think they're just going to lay down for anybody.
1: No, I think they showed that last year, even in some tough tough situations. And after some tough losses, they came back. And and like, losing on a 66-yard field goal – you know, longest in the history of the National Football League, and coming back the next week to play hard again. It's it was they took some really tough hits. Another one against Minnesota, and but came back fighting, and I I think that's good. I think, and I think part of that is a lot of that comes from from the head coach, the way he coaches. You know, the some of the aggressive moves he made when he was calling the plays, and I think you know, what he was telling his team is, I'm going to give you a chance to win. We're not just going to try and keep it close, and. I agree with that. I really do. Now, there are times when you want to button it up, you know, you know, nine-point lead, you know, four minutes to go. You're not going to necessarily go for it on fourth and one or whatever. you got to play a little different game. But in general, I like that, that attacking game. You know, Ken, just one thing, though. I don't want to make too much of this, but it is important. But they've got a new uh, new defensive alignment this year, a 4-3 defense versus the 3-4 and it's an attacking 4-3, not a read and react. But for everything I've heard from the defensive linemen I've talked about, they absolutely love that. They want to be turned loose, go, go get the quarterback, you know, shoot the gaps, disrupt the, run, disrupt the run, and all that. And then offensively, new a new offensive coordinator, and, and really there's, they've streamlined what they're doing so they can do more things quicker than they were able to do where the offense was set up last year.
0: Yeah, I was going to get to that where I was just about to say that that he said during the – Press her that he wants to get in and out of the huddle quicker. He wants to yep. get that play in because they they were taking. The, I'm a guy. Let's get up to the line of scrimmage. That quarterback should be under center with nine seconds left on the on the, on the clock. You know they were getting up there with four seconds left and three seconds left. And I agree. Get up. I, I, that's the one pet peeve I got with all football. Get up to that line of scrimmage and get down there and get your play out. You know.
1: Well, they want to be able. To, yeah, yeah. You that's know, a good point by you. And they want to be able to. to to run the offense with the quarterback, either in the shotgun, hurry up, whatever you want. They don't want, I think, I think I've got this pretty close to a direct quote from, from Dan Campbell, but he says, we don't want ourselves to be the reason that we can't do things offensively. And I agree with that. Yeah. In other words, let the other, if you're going to get stopped, get stopped by the other team. Don't stop yourselves because don't hinder yourselves. Don't restrict yourselves because of your operation. Yeah, exactly.
0: All right, that brings us all the way around now to the mini camp started Saturday. We were both out there during the practice, open practice Saturday, looking at different things. You're not going to see a lot. If if you if people are telling you they picked out the whole thing that's going to happen, they're lying to you because it wasn't that type of camp. It was just guys getting their feet wet around them, and they introduced all of the uh, draft picks by, you know um, – interviews after the practice was over. So that's the things that I got out of it. But A couple things I did get out of it, and we can talk about them in order real quick, Mike. Let's talk about Adrian Hutchinson. You talked about him earlier, 10-sack, 9-sack. I don't even think sacks to me is what's important this year from him. If he's getting pressure and they got to allocate resources over to him, that's going to clean it up for a lot of other guys on that line to get through. So I just want to see group joint pressure. I don't care where it comes from. But if he's part of that process of that group being better and getting those sack numbers up, then I'm fine with it. If he only has six, seven sacks, but the, the but the team has 20 more sacks this year than last year.
1: Well, I agree with that. But if if they're going to if they're going to improve like that, it's going to have a lot of it's going to have to come from him, because who else have they added since aside from him?
0: Well, you got a nice uh, on Anuereke. Was on, Eureka, um, on Yeah, he's he coming Luzurique. back healthy, yeah. and you got. Um, the um, Akora brother coming back from injury, so you've add you're basically adding him too, you know, from a year off. So there and you and pass rusher, and then you got um, the younger brother. So there are there are yeah, Romeo
1: and Juliet. Yeah, man. so
0: there are people added. I agree with you saying, but just I want to see the group just like you say when if you're going to go attack, get after. I just want to see that line when you watch a game and the ball is height and the defensive line is going backwards. And not going forward or making that cup around the quarterback, then you know they're not doing they're not doing anything. If that's an attack mode, you want to see that cup forming around that quarterback and those guys pushing that pocket, and that's where you see. But Mike, when you do that, then your back end's got to be tight. So evidently they are they must be assured because you know how to me Matt Patricia sometimes would try to cover. He would not rush the passer or not you know he was basically a read and react guy because his back end was so poor and he knew right. it, so he he had to try to help them. But if you're going to rush like that, Mike, your back end's got to be tight because the quarterback's going to be getting that ball out quick, and if this guys wide open, it's going to be problems. If you got tight coverage, then you got a defense.
1: Yeah, and I think a lot of it you want to see. Does Jeff Okuda finally get on the field and stay on the field? I mean, whatever you want about what, was he drafted too high, this, that, the other thing. The bottom line is in the last in his first two seasons in the National Football League, he played nine games one year and part of one game another year. I don't think that's a full test for him, but he's got to be healthy, start healthy, and stay healthy to give, first of all, him a, ch- a chance to compete at, at a high level, and then that secondary to compete too. Because if you, if your cornerbacks can't cover, it really makes everything very, very difficult. Mm-hmm. So,
0: as looking it over from the uh, Saturday. Adrian Hutchinson is one writer. I forgot his name. Some one of them wrote. He's long and lean. I wonder who the hell wrote that, but wrote. He's long and lean, which he is. When you got a six-seven guy lean like that, he's a, a good-looking athlete. Now I I I have no problem physically. He'll be able to hold up in that situation they're putting in, because they're going to be hand in the ground. I don't think they're going to be dropping him in the coverage. He's going to be
1: no, I would, that would hand be in the ground I again mean, after do him. it a little bit, but I doubt right. on, a, on right. a regular basis. Right, But I like the
0: height, you know, a big, tall end. I always like ends like that, and they always are able to do stuff. To me, the pers- the guy who had the most personality was the guy at the driver. everybody was talking about him, had the sullen face, and that was Jameson Williams, the second-round pick. This kid is full of personality. He was walking around terrific. with his football. Yeah. Oh my he was just happy to put cleats on. He was telling everybody he, he couldn't do anything. He caught a couple passes before they stopped him, just, you know, standing still. But he couldn't do anything. But he, he says, just happy to put cleats on again and get out here with the guys. And he was engaged with the guys. He was smiling. He, he can't wait to get in there when they free him up. And I, I'm really excited to see because, like I said, if he even reaches three-fourths of what he was, and I think he should be back to 100% because, like I said, I, the way his ACL injury was, it was just the one tendon and not the other mess that goes with it. He's going to be a spark plug, man.
1: Well, I think so, too. I, I like what the DJ Chark said about him, called him electric. And he's, oh, he's electric, he's good. Well, DJ Chark runs a four three four forty himself, so he's not exactly – you know, out there with his shoelaces tied, but but this this kid really does have elite speed, elite ability. Uh, just want to get him on the, the sooner you can get him on the playing field, healthy. The sooner you're going to have a really dynamic threat there in that in that offense, and and, and really it goes with a pretty good set of wide receivers now, a tight end who's been to the Pro Bowl once and, and can really you know catch a lot of balls, and a running game that I think is going to be going to be. Uh, uh, improve to the point where you'll really notice st- statistical improvement. It won't be another one of these years where your leading rusher gets 500 yards and all that. I think you need to get somebody up there near the 1,000-yard mark. All right,
0: I'm going to be blasphemous right now, and I'm going to say who Jamison Williams reminds me of. After Jameson I looked at, I got, I got close to him. I looked him over. We had a little conversation. I'm telling you right now, Mike, they talk about Tyree Hill or whatever. I'm not even giving that comparison. You know who I think he's going to be like? Anthony Carter? There you go. Mike, that's exactly what I was going to say. He reminds me so much of Anthony Carter. And even if you watch the game film of him, go back and look at some old Anthony Carter film. The shiftiness, the quickest cat in and out of cut, the the size. Mike, damn, did you know I was going to say that? No, Uh, no. He reminds me of Anthony Carter. He reminds me of Anthony Carter.
1: One of the nicest guys in the history.
0: Exactly. Sports. And forget about you guys, the NFL Anthony Carter, when he came toward the end. The USFL Anthony Carter in the beginning, when he was with Minnesota Anthony Carter, not the one that came to the Lions. That Anthony Carter, I'm telling you, man. Anthony Carter, Jerry Rice was around and got all the pub and wide receiver. But Anthony Carter was a hell of a player for Minnesota.
1: Yeah, he 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 really was. Remember that big game he had against the against the New, uh, New Orleans Saints down yep, yep, in New Orleans. Yeah, yep. The Vikings just ran them right out of the gym. Exactly. Now, if you get that out of him, and then
0: you got St. Brown, you got Chalk, you got the tight end. Like I said, the and the offensive line being what it is, they got the pieces out there health wise. That that unit is tight health wise. Get it right. Then concentrate oh, on defense.
1: Absolutely, I agree. And I once agree.
0: once you get the quarterback situation solidified for sure, and the defense, which to me I see them improving, they may need one more year. But even if they're middle of the pack now, nah, instead of at the bottom, that's a hell of an improvement. That's when you start winning games.
1: No, I, I agree with you. I, I think I, I think that this is a team that the offense can lead it. But you want the defense to catch up as fast as it can. Exactly.
0: So then after that, we saw uh, the third-round pick, Mr. Pascal. Um, your thoughts on him? I'll tell you one thing. I'll tell you but thoughts after your thoughts. I'll let you go first on this one. M- me and Mike are over there talking to him, too. and An uh, uh, impressive young man off the yes. field, but we actually looked at him on the field, and there were some cer- certain attributes I think that we can identify immediately. Am I right, Mike?
1: Yes, he's got a great uh, lower base. He Which really means
0: behind his behind, his legs. and, he, <laughs> and I'm Matt's just giving right. you what we talked about. He ain't He's not a slight build from the waist no. down.
1: No, from, from the waistline down and feet, hands, all of that. Really, really, he is really, really put together. One thing I noticed, you, you see uh, Adrian, Aiden Hutchinson with the outside pass rush. You see uh, this kid here, Pashal.
0: Josh Pashal.
1: John Pashal just ripping things up in the interior so yeah. that's that's quite a do a, a do-some, quite a duo from now on a do that the lions got in the draft.
0: Yeah, they're going to be like I said rotating four what we just talked about is four young guys between last draft and this one. Then you got a core which is the year before so he's a third year guy, another young guy. You got the other core who's I think is still 28 27 years old. You got a lot of young Exciting guys that you're going to be rotating in and out of there. So it's and then you, the guy you signed back, Harris, is not that old, right? He's still him no, and,
1: Charles is no, yeah. a player. Man. So you
0: got a nice young room there with a nice, exciting coach, Coach Walsh, who is a motivator and like you said, Mike, you did an interview with him last yeah, Todd week. Yeah, whatever. Walsh. Yeah, so th- that's coach. a nice room to have. Now, linebackers, yeah, they're, 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 we'll get to that later, but that's that's a nice room to have.
1: Yeah, that's you mentioned the linebackers. That's uh, something that's going to have to develop. I mean, Alex Anzalone, I think, is the leader in the pack. And then after that, you name it. I sort of like the kid from uh, Oklahoma State, uh, Rodriguez, Malcolm Rodriguez. But I don't think he's ready to take regular reps or anything at at linebacker. He looks to me more like a uh, special teams uh, contributor who can work his way into, as he calls it, the linebacker room. Yeah, yeah.
0: Um, we saw the tight end James Mitchell. He didn't practice or whatever, talk to him. Uh, only so much we can say about that since he wasn't out there waiting to come no. back from his ACL, but a good looking kid. He, like I told Mike the other day, reminded me of Marcus Pollard size wise. So, um, he, we can only hope, but like I say, he's, he's, yeah. he's a smart kid. He looks like he wants, he likes to play and he's ready to get back out there. Um, you talked to Rodriguez. I didn't talk to Rodriguez, the, the, uh, linebacker, cause I was over talking to somebody else at the time. Um, the safety came out. He was um, he was talking about how he, he, you know, did double duty at Illinois under Lovey Smith. He played some receiver there too. And, Kirby uh, Joseph, yeah, and uh the Kirby Joseph, Kirby, Kirby. Joseph, Kirby and uh, Joseph, yeah. he was uh, looking forward to doing something. He was a uh, he wasn't as big as I thought when I ran it, when I saw right. him though. No. I thought he I was bigger that. than that. I looked at the size. I'm like okay, so he's not going to be an in the box safety. He's definitely not going to be an in the box safety. So that and then well, you um, never
1: know they're going to play him where they need him. <laughs> well, they, you
0: play him sparingly if you're going to play him in the box because he's not that big right now. So, But he does look athletic and he does like he's a ball hawk from what I saw on tape. Right. So that'd be a night. Nice, and it's, hey, it's a job to be one in safety. So that could be anybody. Um, I didn't talk to Lucas, the last pick. You talked to I the D back. He
1: was terrific. Yeah, he, he, just, look, he was just fun to talk to. He was a seventh round draft pick, six years at Arizona State. He, has a, he was a redshirt freshman his first year played three years, played a fifth season, the COVID year, and then a sixth season last year. So he's the one thing he's been exposed to is the National Football League environment under Herm Edwards, the head coach, and, and Marv Lewis, uh, an assistant coach on that uh, on that team. Uh, Donnie Henderson, remember, he's been a veteran defensive coordinator in the National Football League, was the defensive coordinator of the Lions in 2006. So he's really, since the day he got there, at least the last four years anyway, He's been exposed to a pro environment, an hmm. NFL environment. I know Donnie
0: was on that staff. He's on that staff. They,
1: I, I looked him up today. Oh, uh, okay. Donnie Anderson. Did not know and.
0: that. Okay, Donnie. Yeah, he did a
1: nice. I thought he did a nice job here, but it was when he got hired. Rod Marinelli told him it was going to be for one year, and they were very, very tight. By the way, yeah, uh, this, uh, meanest guy I've ever met.
0: The what? He was the meanest coordinator I ever talked to for that one year. I was just, he just. He oh, he, just, he, he, he had a He just was, he that. did. He, man, but he, i tell you what, i give him credit because he, he would come down to the press room and talk, though. He would, you wouldn't have yeah. to go up to the podium. He'd come down. okay, right, what do you guys want? Oh, okay. okay. Yeah. No,
1: I, I like that. He yeah. him a lot.
0: Now, yeah. there were some other free agents in this rookie camp this week that weren't drafted, but you don't know any names. It was, you know, Hunter Rise and a couple other guys. One guy from Arizona was signed. Um, to the, I mean, not from Arizona, from um, Georgia, a linebacker they signed today out of that group. I his name right now escapes me, but they did pick up a couple guys to come to veteran camp. One guy I did like, and I'm telling you right now, I don't know if he's going to make the team, but he's a little pinballed, and that's Khalil, Khalil Pippleton, Pippleton from, that's yeah, right, from CMU. Michigan, yeah. uh, he's a quick little fireball, and um, he'll punch kickoffs or whatever. He's a little football player. Keep an eye on him because he's, he's fun to watch.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think he's. I don't think he's a Michigan kid either. I think he's from out of state somewhere.
0: Well, Central always got him. Right? I don't think Central got a player. I'm exaggerating, but a player on that team from Michigan. It's like they they all come from Florida. How you got this Florida to Central Michigan pipeline? But it seems that way. But um, his kid's a little a little pinball. I like him. Keep an eye on him. Keep He's only 5'8", 172, But keep an eye on him. I think that's generous too. <laughs> right. Exactly. All right, Mike, we have exhausted our time today. Um, we'll be stay tuning to uh, the regular mini camp or OTA, whatever they call them, when the veterans come in with the now the rookies that were signed and the rookies that they signed after camp. So I figure yeah. about another 12 to 15 guys total will be added to the veteran you know, roster. So now they get in with the veterans, and now you can see what's going on.
1: Right, absolutely. I'm, they're sending out the schedule today. We'll know when the workouts are and all that for the rest of this week. The ones that are open to the media, anyway. All
0: right. So we'll be back with more. But um, any final thoughts on uh,
1: everything up to this point? Just one thing about that the, the rookie draft class in, in general. I thought they were a bunch of bright guys. Really, were. they were easy to talk to. They they were you know they didn't look at their shoe tops when they were talking to you. They engaged, made eye contact, and you know I didn't talk to, at length to all of them, but but you know, obviously Aiden Hutchinson's been, he is used to it. He's been through the you know the the drill,
0: polished, and
1: yeah, just yeah, he's, he's got it. So we yeah. already talked about Williams, but uh, uh, Lucas was was really really fun to talk to. He really was. In fact, he showed up wearing a baseball cap with the old English D. Did
0: he? <laughs> yeah,
1: he said the first thing he did was he went to uh, Car Hat or whatever they call that place, uh-huh. the hat shop, and bought one. I asked him if he could take it off his income tax. <laughs>
0: <laughs> you think uh, James Williams let that football go yet? Because James Williams carried a football all the practice.
1: Yeah. I
0: mean, all the practice because he loved to carry that ball. I've never seen a guy so happy to be out on the field
1: no, in that's any of these rookie it, camps. And what's it like to be on the grass? And he just gushed. He and said
0: he this is really the did. first time he put cleats on since he got hurt.
1: Since you got hurt January, yeah. Yeah, so
0: um, good. I'm happy for him. And like I said, we'll see what happens. All right, Mike, it's been fun this week. Finally, I didn't have to argue with you. But we're going to have a special podcast about the demise of the NFL. No, I'll please. be starting that because uh, Michael here. You know,
1: I've been waiting for the demise of the National
0: Football League since I got on the beat. <laughs> 45 years ago. I hear you. All right, Mike, we'll check him out on DetroitLions.com. Check me out on the Mitch Album Show. Matter of fact, on Wednesday, 5.06 p.m. on the 18th, where Brad Holmes will be our guest. Tune in then. That's 760 WGR. and We'll hear as I quiz Brad Holmes about why he needs to get a backup quarterback. Anyway, we'll talk to oh, him please. then and have some fun. <laughs> All right, Mike, it's been fun. We'll talk.
1: All right, Kenny, thanks for having me. Yep.